0: so we're going to start with the rapid fire round but actually even before we start with that okay if there's going to be 15 questions you can pass any of the question you like uh, but only one word or one sentence all right so the first one at what age do you want to retire at 90 how long does it take you to get ready in the mornings i get up and i'm ready Most embarrassing moment of your life? Oh, pass on that. Favorite color? Blue. What time of day are you most inspired? In the morning, 5 a.m. How many hours of sleep can you survive on? Seven. Fill in the blank. An upcoming technology or marketing trend is blank. Is uh, generative um, uh, music. The city in which the best kiss of your life happened. Oh, it was in a Germany, small town called Leonberg. Pick one, Mark Zuckerberg or Elon Musk. Elon Musk. The biggest mistake of your career. Uh, not starting a company earlier. How do you relax? I uh, listen to music and I like to run. How many cups of coffee do you drink per day? Three. A habit of yours that you hate. I'm uh, waking up in the morning and um, uh, having to take a really, really cold shower. The most valuable skill you've learned in life? Is uh, just a start. Your favorite Netflix, Amazon, Apple TV show? Breaking Bad was awesome. The last movie that you saw that was memorable? Skip that. I've got kids. Didn't see any movies. The last song you listened to that was memorable? Um, uh, From the Stars. Oh, Alright, well that's the end of the rapid fire round, you did amazing. <laughs> Thank you. Uh, we'll go on to the bigger questions, which you can answer with as much ease as you like. But before that, is there any one of the rapid fire questions you want to answer in greater detail?
1: Oh, uh, very good Good question. Um, no, I think the kiss part we'll probably leave out here. Yeah. Okay, so
0: you built your first software at the age of 14. What made you particularly interested in building software at such a young age? And what was your thought process going along? Yeah.
1: Speaking of kids. Speaking of kids. Yeah, I was a kid back then. And one of the challenges was like all of my friends had like these cool computers, Amigas, etc. You could play games or do music or do any any fun stuff. My dad, however, bought a PC. And so there was nothing really to do besides word processing, which like still today I find pretty boring. So in a way that was... Um, uh, Fixing my own needs, I wanted to have like games. I wanted to have like my ability to do music, and um, that was just not possible on PC because there was no software. So um, I think that was one of the principles that helped me in my life quite quite well. Where I thought like, hey, how hard can that be? It's like I'm just going to write my own software, and um, uh, that's what I just did. And um, I think that's the part where I'm um, starting out in the music software, but then later on with bubble as well. I always found it super inspiring to see the need that I had or people around me had and then just uh, use technology to actually fulfill that need or build tools and software to actually help people do stuff that they couldn't do without. And um, that started at a very early age. And I still think that's a very good principle um, because that led to the creation of Bubble um, as well. I feel like I had the
0: same situation, but I spent all my time off my on Microsoft Paint. <laughs> Not too shabby, neither, yeah. But speaking of limitations leading you to be creative in this manner, are there any limitations today that are causing you to be creative
1: and innovative in new spheres? Yeah. Um, I think like most of the limitations can actually be quite helpful um, because um, with with limitations, um, I still think up to today, there is so many things that uh, seem really like we're living in the stone age of, of things. Like um, why, uh, I mean, we're talking about AI a lot right now but then it's like super inspiring to see what chatgpt can do and then you look at the phone and what it actually does and it's still like pretty uninspiring and i think that's the really the the edge in terms of figuring out for me um like what's coming next what can i fix um how can i use these limitations or overcome those those limitations with new tech new products so speaking of overcoming,
0: according to you, why are agile methodologies critical in project management? Yeah,
1: um, super good question. And I think the, the, biggest, um, uh, the biggest lever I usually have is not doing stupid things that shouldn't be done in the first place. And because you can be very efficient with classical project management, but the risk, especially in a startup environment, is that you're building absolutely the wrong thing. So from my perspective, what Agile methodologies um, lead to or um, to actually get to a build, measure, learn cycle where you build something, you ship it out to users, you ship it out to your target customers, you actually observe whether it solves their problem or it doesn't. Um, this really rapidly is super important to build something that not just sounds great on paper, but that will be actually uh, used. And um, for me, the whole... Agile movement is uh, really enabling these build-measure-learn cycles because that's what I found is the only thing that will prevent me or anyone else from building stuff um, for a very, very long time that will never be used. And I think that's the ultimate waste of all of that um, because I've had so many examples in my in my career where you start out with a with an idea that sounds absolutely amazing. Um, you talk it um, through with friends. It still sounds amazing. Then you go into like your room and like you build it for quite a long time, only in the end to find out hmm, actually that's not solving the issue um, uh, in the way I thought it would be, and um, that's where whole agile um, methodologies I think can come in to say like okay, let's take just two weeks, and after the two weeks we're going to ship it, no matter how embarrassing it is. Um, but from that we'll actually be able to learn and inspect and adapt and uh, continue with that. So I think that is for me like a bigger part of the philosophy of build measure learn um and how HL methods actually fit into that cycle.
0: Could you give us an interesting or engaging story about one of these
1: stupidities or ideas gone amiss? Oh, there is there is so many, so where exactly should I should I start? Um maybe maybe one um element really early on in uh, in in bubble um was in um, we started in 2008 with the first um, web app, and um, then we actually did technology and from a product perspective, quite um, a, uh, quite interesting things. So we did like a speech recognition and in the browser on the device in 2000, I think like nine and um, that was. So um, we had all that amazing technology back in there, um, and so uh, cross compilation between this technology and that technology. We spent quite a lot of time. Um, until we had the technology ready. um, And then we figured out once we deployed it and uh, once we put it into the hands of users, they were actually failing at the very first step. So like the whole chain of things that we've built, um, the first step was something where people really, really struggled. So all of the effort that went into that, um, we could have prevented by just saying like, okay, like what's the first step? How would people actually use speech recognition? So I think that is a very uh, drastic example of uh, we're not doing something like that, um, or waiting for too long um, can really hinder um, the, the company's progress um, in the end.
0: So let's pivot to marketing a little. How can performance-based marketing help in the growth of one's business? Do you think that performance-based marketing as a type of digital advertising
1: is the need of the hour? Um, I think every startup um, especially needs some growth engine and in the very end, like if you boil it down, there is not that many growth engines um, available. Um, so the whole digital advertisement um, uh, is uh, one of the growth engines. You can go for PR, virality um, as well, and um, there is other forms as well. But um, I think it is a very important part because, um, again, coming back to the build, measure, learn cycle, I think with digital advertising and performance um, uh, marketing, you can actually find out the whole chain. Like um I, I used to think of like user acquisition, especially in digital channels, is one step of like fulfilling those those needs. And you can iterate quite fast with um digital marketing, with performance marketing as well, to find your right target audience and figure out whether you have like product market fit.
0: So what role do you think in the answer to this and to another previous question, what role do you think instinct has to play in the modern world if if we have growth-based marketing models and
1: we have models for Agile, how, where do you think Instinct comes in? Um, I still think of most of the um, really great products um, that have been uh, done in the world. Um, probably a big part came out of Instinct. Um, I think it came out of somebody um, scratching their own need, having their own ideas on uh, like what should be done. Um, I think all of the technologies, um, uh, growth engines, models um, that we have, I think that is just... a part of the mix. I think the whole being instinctive um, and about, about things. Um, I wouldn't like start any company, any product where my instinct would tell me otherwise. I still think um, that, is, that is very helpful. Um, and I think that's the part what makes the difference between uh, human and, uh, and, and machines. So speaking of instinct leading to the founding
0: of things, uh, Babel is a destination for language learners globally. What was the problem that you identified for language learning that yeah. led to the creation of Babbel?
1: And how did you identify it? Yeah, um, that was a very funny moment um, uh, because um, all of the four co-founders of Babbel, we actually quit our jobs to start a music software tech company. So that was the moment we all quit the jobs, we started out. And in that moment, oh, one of my co-founders came and asked like, Hey, I want to learn Spanish is there, like, I couldn't find anything online. And that was about 2007. And we said, like, let me Google that for you. And it was uh, Web 2, 2.0, um, Flickr, everything was online, at least from, from our perspective. But language learning wasn't. So um, we said, like, OK, how hard can it be to build something like that um, um, to help people learn a language um, or to build a product that even my mom would be able to use? And um, that was the founding moment um, of of Bubble. Um, So we envisioned a world where you could use our tools and our software um, and our platform with Bubble to learn a language um, and to do that online. And um, that was the founding moment. And I think what's really exciting to see is now after 15 years, we developed into being a platform of language learning experience. So um, we not just have like the self-study app that we started with, but we're doing podcasts, where we're doing uh, games, um, and we have um, Bubble Live, which um, is our um, small group class led by experienced teachers, um, which is super helpful because it really helps you to learn and speak a language in the first place. So could you
0: maybe relate to the reason why you chose the name Babbel for the app with the mythical tower of Babel and the confusion that it leads to? Uh, what role does technology have to play in this myth? And where do you think uh, you could relate this to?
1: Yeah. So when uh, the first name um, of the company um, uh, came out and like um, the idea of Bubble was there, honestly, I have to say I hated the name. Um, that, was the, that was my first instinct. But it grew on me um, over a couple of months because um, Bubble is really a way of, um, it has connotation, like you mentioned, around and um, the Tower of Babel, um, but I think it um, has to do something with uh, multiculturalism. Um, uh, nowadays, um, there's lots of dialects, at least in Germany, where like um, there is a connotation of "to bubble, which is kind of like to casually talk. And um, I think it captures pretty well what we want to do with the company and with the product. Um, so not to build a product um, for like the elite, but really to help um, millions of people learn and be able to speak a language in the first place. And I think. Bubble is a very great name um, to actually express um, exactly that. All
0: right, so what advice would you have uh, for young minds who want to
1: step into their entrepreneurial journey? Yeah, I think um, one of the things for all of those who need to hear it, um, there is no magic silver bullet out there. Most of the time, it's uh, going to suck. Um, It's going to be really, really hard. Um, But in the end, um, I think um, that can be the journey of your lifetime. And I think the very uttermost important thing is just to start um, i think there are so many people out there who think they uh, need that skill they need like these other experience they need them um, that type of uh, um, work experience um, before they can actually start and i think in many cases this is just your mind playing tricks with you i think the most important is just get started um, everything else um, will sort out itself so
0: besides your own sector, if you, if I were to reverse back time and you had to start in another sector right now, what would be the other sector that you would encourage people to start in?
1: <laughs> that is a very hard question that I don't spend that much time uh, thinking about um, uh, because my brain is still uh, 100% focused on how to actually solve language learning and how to bring Babel to the next level. So I'd probably just start in uh, language learning as well.
0: And how do you feel with the entire focus of tech now moving to language and
1: linguistics itself with generative AI and everything else? Yeah, I think that is extremely exciting. Um, So my background is in computer science. I studied um, uh, in uh, neural networks um, uh, and machine learning back in uh, the uh, 1990s, 2000s. Um, It's really great to see that many of those concepts actually work. Um, uh, They didn't used to work back then um, very well. Um, But I think one of the exciting things right now is really like um, imagining what you can do with these type of technologies. Um, uh, So what we want to do at Bubble with that very much is um, uh, how can we actually uh, combine the human expertise um, that we have and like use um, uh, all those generative models to actually supercharge our teachers. Um, And I think like that combination of being able um, to scale the human experience by technology is uh, something that is uh, that is really really exciting.
0: So, with technology being ingrained into our daily lives, do you think that there
1: comes with it some limitations or consequences? Yeah, I mean we all uh, know these moments um, when AWS is down and you can't access Netflix, you can't access the whole um, internet, and I think that is one of those really really scary moments. Um, uh, and I think that will probably just um, accelerate um, for the future um, as as well. And I think one of the discussions we need to have in the society is like where exactly to put up the guardrails um, and um, uh, where to actually say like, no, we need to be able to innovate. Let's figure figure that out later. And um, I think these are uh, two two extremes of the same thing. Um, and that's what we're seeing around the world as well with um, generative um, AI, for example, is like where do we put the regulation in there? Like at what point is it uh, too late or at what point is it maybe uh, too early for Europe, I think we usually um, are more on the side of being uh, too cautious. Um, so I would really help and I would really think and would love if at least regulation would come at a point when we understand much better what exactly we need to regulate and what the most critical points are. Because I still think um, the innovation pot- potential um, of these next new technologies um is so great um uh, to actually um uh, deliver really really um, a lot of value for customers for learners um that I think we should um, just be able to like believe in the future
0: okay so the last question for you is of a personal kind what
1: would you be doing in your life if not this right now um so maybe i'd be uh, growing something on a on a farm um so i think um maybe planting some seeds um uh, and then uh, taking, taking care of the soil. Um, uh, that might be uh, just a thing that I'd be really interested uh, to do in, uh, in another life.